All right, hey, Billy Rainford here, Direct Motocross, with another Zoom interview. Today, as you can see, we've got uh, none other than Derek Schuster, the owner, team manager, many hat wear over there at Gopher Dunes, the Honda Canada GDR Fox Racing Team. Derek, thanks for chatting with us tonight, man. Thanks for having me on, Billy. Sorry it took uh, a couple of days for you to track me down. It's just been a little hectic around here, so I apologize for that, but nice to get a chance to catch up with you here for a bit. Well, that's okay. I, you could have just hooked just put your phone in front of you the do on the dozer out there. We could have just gone for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just uh, been in the machines quite a bit. Obviously, we had a couple of events in a row here. So, been uh, logging some long days out here. And uh, I guess that's why we're doing this this evening. Right. I tell you, if you can be on your dozer and take any of those photos. Remember that one when you opened up in the middle of winter and it was just that, that photo? Yeah. Just, that was amazing. Yeah, the odd time I'm... Uh, I can get a good one. It's not often, but every once in a while. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, there's uh, quite a few things to talk about. I mean, you had, uh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll talk about all, all, all three of them, maybe all four of them, whatever it is. But uh, yeah, a couple of interesting things along the way. By the way, how is, uh, I know you had that horrible fire and everything. How's everything going since then? Uh, it's going pretty good. Things are, I mean, trying to get things sorted out to build a new place now. But um, with all the COVID stuff happening, that's definitely slowed down the process um, myself and the family are just uh living the trailer life at the dunes for the summer right now and uh it's been pretty good uh for the most part not always ideal uh living right beside where you work but it's it's pretty good for the most part so we're good with that my little guy just started riding about a month ago so pretty much every day once i'm done working he's wanting to go out and ride his little honda 50 for a little while he only rides for maybe 10 15 minutes at a time but I guess that's kind of convenient. Nice. How old is he now? Four. Four years old. Just a little terror too. Is uh, he's probably uh, he's probably going to be something on a bike. Uh, maybe we'll see. I don't know if uh, I don't know if I want him taking the route of going through all the racing stuff, but I definitely want my kids to enjoy riding dirt bikes and having fun on them. So definitely want them riding. Right. You introduce them to it. If they love it, great. Yeah. If not, they'll find find whatever they do love. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so you're living any, what's the, uh, any estimate on when you're going to be, you know, back into your house or? I don't know yet. I'm hoping to kind of get that figured out. I, I'd say probably in the next month, I'll have a lot better idea once uh, we're, one we'll be able to move back into a house. But at this point, I haven't started on that yet. So it could be a little bit here. So I'm, I'm thinking probably not, not before the end of 2020. So. Oh, wow. Okay, well, yeah. that's, uh, that's gonna that's gonna get old probably real soon. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Camping's fun when it's your choice. <laughs> that's something that I've said a few times already. Camping's nice when you go do it for a weekend or a week, but when you're doing it full time, it can uh, it can be a little bit of a challenge for sure, especially <laughs> with young kids. Okay, man. Well, it's uh, you just had the um, last weekend. Well, not the weekend that just passed, but the one before that. That's uh, technical. But uh, what? Um, it was the first AMO race of the season. You had a really good uh, number of pros came out. You had, I heard you had super, I couldn't be there, but uh, you had like full gates in the little classes, which is really important for our industry. Uh, I mean, we're in the middle of coming out of this whole coronavirus thing. So there's all kinds of stuff I want to kind of touch on for it. But um, going into this, how tough was it to actually be able to have an event and what were some of the rules and regulations? Um, yeah, there was probably a few challenges that, I mean, 
I don't want to say it was super challenging. It was just a lot of work. There was a lot of things that needed to be taken care of ahead of time. And I guess for me, I was probably less hands-on with some of that stuff than some of the others. Um, Ryan Gold did a ton of work leading up to it. So I got to give him a lot of credit for everything he did. Um, and then my wife, uh, Melody Lee, Brett, they did a ton of leg work as well. Um, working with different people and different meetings and stuff they were going through. I guess the stuff that I did was going back and forth with our county. That's kind of uh, where I came into play a little bit, sorting things out with them and developing a list of guidelines that we we're going to follow going into the races and um, trying to be proactive with that. So that way we could present to our county what, uh, what we felt would be good guidelines as far as physical distancing goes and, and um, people staying on the property overnight and all that type of stuff. So um, it wasn't that it was crazy challenging or anything. It was just a lot of work. Um, but I think with all the, the stuff in place, it still went pretty smoothly. I definitely had to have some extra staff on hand to help take care of some of that stuff for, you know, parking and just making sure people were doing the physical distancing thing, reminding people about face masks on the starting line, all the kind of stuff that, you normally don't have to do at a race, so you can't necessarily count on all your other staff that are already doing other jobs to be taking care of it. So, um, you know, some extra work, but it's totally worth it. I'd rather be doing that than going racing. And we did have a couple people complaining about the extra rules to put in place, and I told them the same thing, that, you know, it's either we do this or we don't go racing at all right now. And I think, you know, when you look at it that way, that's obviously what makes sense is let's do this and let's be able to – go enjoy some sports this summer rather than continue sitting around like we have been doing for the last few months. Man, I, I, you're going to have to name names because anybody who's complaining about that, I mean, it's not your idea. You just want to be able to have an event. And the same with the Supercross, right? There's guys complaining. It's like, listen, just jump through these hoops so we can actually get these seven races in and we'll move on. You can have your own ideas about what you think about the whole thing, but this is just so we can actually race, right? For sure. Yeah. We just, I mean, we wanted to get going and, uh, um, I think a lot of people did too. And the other thing is, I, I think it was a really good time to get going because it seems like there's been a little bit of a boom lately with off-road motorcycle sales, people getting into the sport recently. I know even with our practice days leading up to the first race here, we had a ton of people coming out with new trail bikes and stuff like that, that we've never seen at the track before. People tell us when they arrived, They've never been here before. This is their first dirt bike or their kid's first dirt bike and that kind of thing. So I think it was really good to get going when we did. And as people seen, Galdi added in some extra classes to kind of um, make some space for people on those kind of bikes to go to. And it was great seeing that they got decent numbers in those classes. And like you mentioned at the start of this call here, um, there are some big mini classes as well. I mean, usually it's typical to see at a big race, you know, you have those qualifiers in the junior class and that kind of thing but seeing those big full gates in the 50 and 65 classes was just awesome to see right and that's something that uh, I mean when I go to races I always try to pay attention to that and it hasn't been great in the past couple of years but that's really good to hear that uh, that we're seeing the numbers increase and just kind of to piggyback on that you talk to someone in a bike shop you talk to the uh, the manufacturers and stuff in motocross and sales are way up people can't get their hands on bikes it trickles over into cycling. I mean, every motocrosser is almost a, you know, certainly an avid cyclist to get fit for it. And bicycles are sold out. So, I mean, it's as crazy as this is, it's uh, been pretty good for our sport in that way. 
yeah, for sure. That's uh, seems like things are going in a positive direction. I don't really know. I think there's probably a few things we can attest that to. One's probably that there's not a lot of other sports happening right now, team sports, that kind of thing. But I also think that it's not just that. I think people are, you know, with all this crisis that we've been dealing with earlier this year, people are just looking for more outdoors type things to do. And obviously this is a great outdoor recreational sport, whether you're racing or not, if, if you're just going out recreational riding or racing, anything, um, I think riding dirt bikes is something that's, uh, amazing to enjoy outdoors and i think a lot of people are just looking for outdoors things to do right now yeah yeah no i mean if we can find a silver lining in all this hopefully that's it by the way i should mention this uh this zoom call is brought to you by fox as you can see by the uh a lot of the fox heads here i thought it was appropriate being as uh, they're a proud sponsor of the of your for team sure. yeah right so anyway i thought i'd mention that uh, but uh, okay so Let's talk about a couple. So as a racer, what would you have noticed differently with this whole social distance? I hate saying all these buzz phrases and stuff now, but uh, yeah. they had to register online when they came through the gate. Did they have to do certain things? Did they go through like a sanitary wash bath or something? And no, we didn't go that far with it. Um, I guess the online registration is one thing that people are going to notice right away. However, I know certain clubs and organizations have slowly been going that direction anyway. So I, I truly believe that's going to be one of the things that you're going to see stay. Um, obviously, some of these guidelines put in place are going to be temporary, but just like in any other industry or that type of thing, there's obviously everybody talks about the new normal that we're going to be dealing with. And I, I would believe that online registration is going to be a part of the new normal for us. So that's obviously one of the first things people are going to notice. Um, that was, by the way, that was catchphrase number two. Yeah. The new normal. Yes. <laughs> um, couple other things. We parked vehicles at a distance of 30 feet apart. Um, definitely takes up more parking doing that, but we have a ton of space here. And, you know, there's even a lot of people that actually said that they liked that. They thought uh, the spacing was really good and they enjoyed that. Um, people weren't able to set up their little, you know, blocking little square campsites or anything like they have been able to do here in the past. Um, I don't think that that's anything that's too big of a deal for them to work around for sure. I guess the other stuff would have been, um, you know, we were asking big groups to stay apart if you're watching races, that kind of thing. And we tried to discourage people a little bit from, you know, going and congregating beside the track and in groups throughout the day. Um, it didn't actually seem to be too big of a deal and wasn't really difficult or that much of a challenge. The other thing was basically um, asking people to wear masks when they're at the starting line. Um, and I know some people were questioning it a little bit ahead of time, but if you look at any photos or anything like that, especially with the like little kids classes, a lot of times those kids are going to need a parent at the line with them. There's really no way of getting around being close to other people. Those gates are all close to each other. So that's why we're asking for that to be done in that area at the line. There's just no way of getting around them being close to each other. So we're trying to take every precaution we can. So we, uh, we asked everybody to wear those masks and um, that's kind of the, the main stuff that people are dealing with. And really at the end of the day, if you think of it, that's, it's not major, major changes that we were uh, putting in place. So I don't think it was too big of a deal. And I don't think it was super super inconvenient for people um when they got here actually there was one other thing and i know it was a little bit of challenge for some people we weren't allowing any spectators on the property um 
but we also didn't allow extra vehicles on the property. So if you're coming on the property and you're saying, you know, um, somebody else was bringing your bike or you're meeting somebody here, we just simply weren't letting those people on the property because I mean, everybody's trying to figure out a way to get on the property as a spectator. We just weren't letting it happen. I know that there's probably a few people that didn't end up getting the race because of it, but at the same time, I would rather have a few people maybe have to miss out on the race than again, just not doing it at all. So um, that was probably one of the more inconvenient things for people, but it was just something we had to do here to get going. Right. And again, it might've, like you say, it might've upset some people who weren't able to race because of that, but the fact that you could race, you had to jump through hoops. Yeah. You were tied. And I mean, and we made those rules clear long before the event day. So I felt that some of the people that showed up and said they didn't know that, I mean, the rules were placed, Ryan had them kind of strategically put right above the entry, uh, the online registration area. So, I mean, you had to scroll past it to get the online registration. So, uh, um, it was there for people to read for sure. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I'm just trying to move my thing around here. Every time, it's, uh, every time it seems to kind of drop, I'm wondering you know, <laughs> I keep moving my laptop closer to my router. I don't know what, if it's me or you, but okay. Um, that's not you. It's me. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, so now also a big thing to talk about too is I heard there were over 600 entries. I heard something like, how many entries were there? Yeah, there was right around the 600 mark. I I think I thought it was 615. I don't know the exact count. Um, Ryan's probably somebody to know that better. But yeah, that was a big turnout for us. We probably haven't had a turnout that big in at least a dozen years for an amateur event. So I yeah. think that's really awesome. Okay, now I... So along those, now, did you get, um, like, a, like you said, you didn't allow spectators in, is that because you were allowed X amount of people on the property at one time, or is that because you wanted to keep control of social distancing? That was so we could keep control of social distancing. Technically, you know, if you came as a family, say a mom, dad, and two kids racing, they're supposed to stay in their own group, um, aside from going to the starting line and that kind of thing at their vehicle. If they have, um, grandma and grandma coming to meet with them and friends, family stopping by all that kind of stuff. That's where it starts getting difficult for us to control um, the, the distancing part of things. So we made the call that uh, we're going to go the no spectator route and limit how many people could come on the property per rider. And it just, it definitely made it a lot easier for us to control. And because we're parking you, when people arrived, I know some people were saying, Hey, I need to go park with so-and-so and they got here two hours ago. And I mean, that area was obviously already full. Um, we just simply weren't going to let them go park in that area and go fill those 30 foot gaps that we had between all the vehicles. And we just reminded them at that point in time, Hey, you're technically not really supposed to be out socializing all day with other people anyway. So, um, you know, try and stick to your vehicle as much as you can go watch your kids race and uh, just just try to follow our guidelines to the best best of your ability. Right. Okay. Well, now I um I, I spoke with uh, Dylan Wright uh, recently here. You're one of your your new 450 yep. guy to talk yep. about that because I know he had a very successful day. Now I just kind of want to talk a little bit about the racing because I mean a lot of people I weren't there. You know I I couldn't be there to do all you know get some coverage and everything. So I'm really curious to know. I know Dylan went one. You know all ones. Tim Trombley twos and Cole Thompson three. Now that's in the pro class. Can you kind of sum up what you saw and who impressed you in the pro class? And then we can maybe talk about other classes just brief, very briefly. Um, 
I don't, I, I'm not going to say too much about my own guys, I guess. I mean, I thought they all rode pretty decent, but I mean, I see how, how much work they're putting, putting in every day right now. So I wouldn't expect anything less from them for sure. Uh, but Tim Trombley was really impressive for sure. Uh, he rode great and it was, uh, he always rides here really great. Um, he's won a national here before, so you expect him to be good, but I thought he was really impressive for sure. Okay. Now I think a lot of people will be curious with the Cole Thompson. I mean, he's been in the position to win there too before and looks obviously rides there well. And we all kind of want to, well, what was, was Cole Thompson a third place? That's uh, was that anything, anything to that? Or is it just a day of him testing and that's just how it ended? Like I think it was just a day cool. of him testing. Like he wasn't, I wouldn't say he was any slower than Dylan or Tim really maybe um, pretty close in speed, but the guys didn't really battle all that much either. I know there's really, I think between uh, Dylan and Cole, I think, you know, they're only really around each other at one point in one mode out of the four they raced against each other. And in my opinion, their lap times were really close. So, um, I don't think there's really much to the order that those guys finished because they were all really, really close in speed. The motos weren't super long. So, um, right. Uh, I guess they were long enough. They're 20 minutes or whatever, but, um, yeah, I, I'd say those guys were really, really close in speed all day. Okay. Andrew, it's just cool to see that your new 450 guy was able to top that class. It was pretty stacked. Sure. And I, pretty fun. I mean, he's been working really hard too, so I don't want to discredit him having a good day for sure. Um, He's been working his ass off all winter. And I mean, we, we kind of felt that he was going to be a good 450 rider to begin with. That's obviously why we wanted to keep him on the team long-term because we, we know that he rides the 450 well and he's been putting in a ton of work. And I feel like that's going to really show this summer once, uh, once the nationals get rolling here. Right. And some people may forget uh, that he did podium as an intermediate there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he rides his track good too. So um, I'm sure, I'm sure that obviously helps him. Um, he likes this place. He's good in the sand and, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think he's pretty solid here. Okay. Now what, are, what about some of the other classes? Like I know uh, it's always fun watching the super mini kids. We've had some kids move up from 65s to 85s or some kids up into junior and intermediate from the uh, small bike classes. Anyone kind of, I know you don't want to say too much about who was better than whom, but, uh, did anyone stand out? Oh. <laughs> The thing that's funny about that, I do, I do enjoy watching the racing for sure at amateur races, but going back to all this distancing stuff that we were working on, I felt like this race, I definitely watched less racing than I would normally watch on a race day. And I found myself out in the parking lot way, way more often than I would normally at a race, just helping make sure my guys were on top of the parking and all the the starting line stuff. So I definitely seen less racing. So it is a little bit tough for me to, uh, to say, uh, who looked really good and who didn't. I mean, there, there's definitely some people that stand out and stuff for sure, but I, I didn't really get to see as much racing as I normally would. So that's a tough one for me to answer. See, this is why I can't miss any more races. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there was, there was definitely good racing. I just, uh, I don't know what to tell you there. I, I good racing, but I didn't see a lot of it. I didn't even see all of our guys, all their motos from start to finish. So um, for me on, on those days, there's obviously a lot on the go. So you're, there's a lot of things happening and uh, you're trying to stay on top of all that stuff. And I try to catch a little bit of the pro races here and there when I can, but uh, it seemed like that was pretty much all I was able to catch. But um, 
I mean, it's cool. Just like I, I think one of the things aside from who looked good was I really liked seeing those, all those new riders coming out and trying their first ever race. And uh, I had some friends, obviously, had kids racing that kind of thing. It was cool seeing Colton's kid out doing some racing and that kind of stuff. So obviously, he's still part of the go for family here. So um, that's cool to see. I couldn't convince Colt to race himself, but uh, maybe we'll, maybe one other race this summer we'll get him out to or something like that. Nice out there in a vet class. Yeah, yeah, maybe Walton. Just to just to piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, uh, on kind of a weird angle here, I heard uh, through a grapevine kind of thing there that there may have been a complaint. There was a complaint raised about the event. Can I? I don't know how much you want to say about that, but is it true there was someone from I don't know another organization or something complained or something? Yeah, I I won't. Uh call anyone out directly here but we did have two complaints get called in three or four days after our event was over and coincidentally Walton had two complaints called in the same day about their upcoming event in two weeks and they did come from a, another racing organization in the province that doesn't actually hold races here and it's kind of unfortunate um, basically um, called the county just questioning you know, some of our social distancing strategies that we used and I guess maybe felt that uh, they weren't satisfactory. But um, fortunately for us, um, we've been working really closely with the county leading up to the event to make sure that we had our T's crossed and our I's dotted. And um, we had officials from the county here the day before the event and on the event day checking in on things. And they were also a big part of us helping put those guidelines together for our first race because it was the first one it was important that it went off without a hitch um, and then you know for these other upcoming ones and that's some of that stuff that we worked on with our county here stuff that you're going to see transfer over into the nationals uh, they spend a ton of time talking with Galdi as well so our county has been really great with us and coming up with that but yeah it's a little bit unfortunate having a couple of complaints but it wasn't uh, we just kind of brushed it off because we knew that uh, we did our part on our end to make things run smoothly. Okay, well, it's, well, it's good that it all worked out. It just, uh, just seems kind of uh, counterproductive for, anyway, uh, I won't go to, we won't talk too Definitely. much about yeah, I think, uh, I think at the end of the day, we all want to see the sport thrive and grow. And I do think that that's really short-sighted thinking to do something that way, because that's, that's just damaging to the sport as a whole. Um, maybe for personal gains, I'm not too sure exactly what, but, um, I think at the end of the day, we all have the same goal of growing the sport and seeing it be successful. And uh, that's what we all need to work together as a, as a group, whether it's people like myself uh, with the track or people like Ryan, who's running a racing series, or people like yourself in the media, everybody's got to do their part. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay. Well, you, you mentioned the uh, national and, uh, and Ryan, obviously Ryan's involved with the series and everything at this point. Uh, things are still a go and do you know anything about how many fans would be allowed? Would this be a fanless event? Like I'm talking about the Gopher Dunes National. Do we know anything about that yet? Or is that, uh, we're still big changes could happen. Um, the event's definitely a go July 25, 26. Uh, as far as fans go, we're going to have some amateur racing. So you're going to see a lot of those same rules in effect that we had 
um, or there'd be some amateur classes, but probably limited to what they can bring in for additional people. As far as the fans go themselves, that's a decision that'll be made a little bit closer to the event because it's still just over a month away. We don't know what type of rules and guidelines are going to change by then. So maybe it's exactly how it is now where it's just going to be the racers only. And then the amateurs with their, their crews, um, maybe, but I mean, I don't see it going backwards from there. So we know that it's going to be at least that. And then, uh, from there, who knows what other rules, uh, get changed between now and then maybe we can have fans, but maybe it's a certain limit. Um, who knows for sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's such a, uh, another thing, it's such a fluid, uh, situation right now. So yeah, like you say, it could change uh, for the better, it could change for the worse. Yeah. I, I think, uh, as we move forward here, things are going to continue to evolve and change in a positive way and things will start to open up a little bit more, but it's just, I think it's too early to make that decision. So, we know the nationals go racers need to start getting themselves ready for sure. But on the fan side of things that uh, it'll be something that's probably decided a little bit closer to the event. So maybe in a couple of weeks, we'll know exactly what the fan situations can look like for that race. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't want to keep you here all night. I mean, I could, but uh, we can sit here and just start uh, shooting the breeze about all kinds of stuff. But you just finished, uh, you had motocross the week before and then last weekend, well, this past couple of days you had uh, your cross country event. How did, uh, how did that go? Yeah, it went really good. Um, we do one of those a year. So it's the Sandbox XC. Um, amazing turnout. They had over 200 riders racing the event, which is a great turnout for them. Uh, it's with the Off-Road Ontario Club. They're a great group of guys to work with. Um, the group of riders that come out to that event, they're all awesome. They're really laid back. They have a good time. We got a ton of rain on the Friday, so made for uh, a little bit challenging and muddy conditions for the race on Saturday, but those guys, uh, they're all up for all conditions. They don't really seem to care, but it was a tough one for them because it was hot, humid, 30 degrees and muddy. So it made for a tough day for those guys. Um, but you know what? They're all troopers and, uh, it was, it was a really fun event for sure. It was, it was good. Well, that's cool. All right. Now what's, uh, so at your track, what's, uh, what's next? Yeah. Something, what's coming up? Um, well, we're, things are obviously a little bit different from a standard year for us here. Um, we're rolling into summertime. Yeah, we've only had a couple events here. Normally, the majority of our events happen in the spring. We have a few less in the summer, and then they start taking off again in the fall. Um, still in the midst of trying to figure out when I can make up a few other events that we missed out on in the spring. Um, we're just slowly getting training rolling again, but uh, that's at a much more limited capacity than what we'd normally do. Um, that's really only gotten going in the past week here. So that's something that uh, we plan to keep ramping up as the summer goes on here and uh, having some day camps going and stuff like that in July. So that's kind of what's next on tap. And then we have our next ammo race coming up on July 12th and then the uh, national at the end of July. Okay. Now, and uh, did I see too that your, the trails are now open? You got like 12 kilometers of trails? How's, what's, uh, is that open for practice now? Uh, yeah, the trails, trails opened at the same time as the track did when we reopened back, I think, around the 20th of May. We actually got a, a little over 20K of trail. Mm -hmm. uh, the 12K that you probably seen was the XC layout because we don't use our full trail system for that. But uh, yeah, they're up and going now. So 
again, the trails have been really busy too, because we're seeing a ton of these people coming out on their trail bikes and, and that kind of thing. And these new riders to the sport. And that's where a lot of them like spending their days riding. So that's been really good as well. And uh, yeah, obviously getting some lessons in with some, uh, some of those people and even using the, our, uh, our team guys for a couple of lessons here and there helping out uh, when they can as well. Okay. So if somebody wants to come out and ride, do they need to go online and then see who's, how many are allowed and if they can get in and all that stuff? Um, that's just for the training stuff that you need to go online ahead of time and do that for, for recreational riding. All we do now is, um, you just gotta do your waivers online. We've gone to paperless for that. That's another one of those things that's, uh, here to stay. So, um, you can fill that out on your smartphone or computer before you get here. We do have iPads set up in the shop to do it as well, but we're encouraging people obviously with the COVID stuff to, you know, make sure they take care of that before they get here, which 99% of people do. Um, a couple that, uh, missed that memo, but it's all good. <laughs> okay. Well, um, man, that was, uh, I think that's a nice little catch up there. It's good to hear. Good to hear the positives about just how many people showed up and how the sport right now is people are just itching to get out there and stuff. So it's, uh, it's, it's good to see you that way, but uh, and the fact that we're now doing that. Hey, what, uh, just a question. What about uh, your youngest rider? He's not in the province. What uh, What's his deal for being able to get around? He is in the province. What? I know. <laughs> so is he, oh, just, okay. uh, is he just living there? He, he actually raced a couple of weeks ago as well, but he raced without a transponder. So I think that's why you didn't see his name in the results. Uh, nope. I have all the guys here training together. So Ryder, Tanner, Dillon, they're all... Uh, doing their training, living, working out, all that stuff here. And I think it's really good for Ryder because, um, you know, he's getting to spend some time around Tanner and Dylan who, you know, those guys aren't that old. They're 20 and 22, but um, they are mature beyond their years, both those guys. So for Ryder to get to spend time around those guys, work out with them, train with them, take shit from them, I think it's all uh, – really good for him and it's a great learning experience and I just I prefer the guys being all together like that as well I think we get more accomplished you know they have the mechanics here helping take care of them all that kind of stuff so it's nice having them here here as a group for sure oh, that's cool what's, what's Ryder living in out there um he's uh his family's here so they're here in their motorhome awesome and then uh Tanner lives locally so he stays at home and uh Dylan lives here too so he's on the property with his uh trailer and then they just pit out of the shop and do their thing every day and we got a gym set up for them here upstairs in our shop so they pretty much got everything they really need here to to do their training and riding and all that stuff so it's been going really good for them and um again they're all pretty young obviously riders only 14 and um in saying that they're a really fun group of guys to be around they all work really hard um again they're really mature for their age so they're uh they're great to have around here for sure okay that's good stuff no i know i saw his number flash by in one of the videos or photo stuff that i saw so i was just uh, a oh, new gosh. rider was a new rider was around yeah <laughs> yeah he's a great kid and comes from a great family we love having them here and uh he works really hard he's still adjusting to the big bike um but he looks really great on it. Uh, I mean, I feel like he improves every day that he's on it. He's learning something new. So um, it's been good. That's great. All right, Derek. Well, um, yeah, man, thank you for spending some time with us here. And uh, it sounds like things are kind of rolling along in this 
yeah. new, new way of doing stuff. But um, any, any, uh, do you want to thank anybody or do what, uh, what do you want to say anything before we uh, sign off here? Yes. I should just thank Carrie cause she is a big reason we were able to uh, open up when we did. She put a ton of work in during the time that we we're closed. So um, I think a lot of riders can thank her for having a place to come ride to her again in late May because uh, she put in a ton of effort with that. And then I guess the other people too, like I said earlier, uh, Galdi, he put in a ton of work. He he was talking directly with Doug Ford about motorcycle racing and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So uh, I can just imagine what that kind of conversation would be like between Galdi and Doug Ford. Um, and then Brett and Mel, they put in a ton of work as well. So I think uh, everybody as a group, it was a really, uh, really big group group effort that uh, everybody put in to uh, get us rolling here again. Well, that's great. I'll have to uh, get out there at some point and ride the trails, ride the track, and uh, come check out your riders and do some socially distanced interviews with the boys. But uh, yeah, that's yeah, good. Come on over. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, thanks, thanks a lot for taking the time to do this. And uh, man, we'll we'll see you sometime soon. Sounds good, Billy. Take care. Talk to you soon. See you, man. Bye.